Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Omar Project. But before we get started, I want to make sure I invite you to join the OmarProject.com. That's spelled O-M-A-R, because you can get a lot of great insight on project management, the skills you need to up your game, and also learn from the best project managers in the world on the most complex projects. Hey, everyone. Before I get started on this podcast, I want to mention that next week, I'll be having Jens Grafstart on the show. He is a director at Orsted, which is an offshore wind and renewable company based out of Denmark. It is an exciting conversation about all things happening offshore wind. There's so much going on in the United States and globally. Definitely tune into this one. In this episode, I will walk you through the project phases, why they exist, and why they are so important to understand. Let's get started. Now, if you've taken an intro to projects, you may have taken a class, you've seen the project process. Now, it's a standardized method of developing process projects across industries. And it goes something like this. Identify and assess, select, define, execute, and then operate. The question you might have is, why do we need this? And the answer is that every successful project, regardless if you use a project process or not, goes through these phases. And these phases are the best natural breakpoints for pausing and assessing if we should continue or handing it over to another team to take over. So for example, let's talk about large projects. In this case, let's talk about really large projects, like mega projects. So this is $1 billion plus projects, which easily each phase of these could be one year to complete. These are some projects that I've had experience completing. So let's talk about specifically something I'm very familiar with, which is oil and gas. Now, building a new platform in the Gulf of Mexico is a project that might have just kicked off. And now you go directly into identify and assess. The questions you might ask are, you know, where is the oil? What's the geography, the actual mechanics of getting it out of the ground? What type of oil we would produce? Can we develop some workable concepts? What would make sense? Would it be an FPSO, a TLP, a semi-submersible? What's the best method for actually capturing and processing that oil or that product? And then does this make economic sense? Now, you're going to answer these questions early stages of a project at a very high level. You're not going to be going into too much detail because you're not too worried about the detail yet. You're worried about, is it going to make money? And is it a good bet for the company? Now, the stage gate process was created to pause and review each segment of the project with management, with other stakeholders, and also sometimes used for a pause to decide on whether we should fund the next stage. So if it's successful, let's continue. If it's not, let's stop. So if that concept is successful, it goes on to the next phase. Now, there are four extremely important concepts to understand about project phases. I'm going to go through those right now. The first is that each phase requires different skill sets. The most creative and economic phase is early in the process. This is turning a blank sheet of paper into a process, into a plan. It requires a lot of high-level thinking, imagination, understanding of the economics and the overall industry and its impacts on your project. Oftentimes, for technical projects, this involves teams of technical experts that have experiences in the later phases, plus an economic analysis as well. It's all about getting estimates correct, trying to be as precise as possible, because that's how you know your project's going to make money or not. That's how you know if you're going to be successful. 
the value is created in this phase because at this point, changes are almost free. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you decide you want to change your type of project, it's very easy. It's just conceptual. There's no, nothing built, nothing purchased. It's all just high-level thinking. So it's almost free on the grand scheme of the entire project cost or what it will be. Now, the next portion is the middle portion or the feed phase. Now, that stands for front-end engineering and design. This is the most technical phase. This is where you need technical leaders to hone in on the vision of the earlier phases and actually make it workable. There are thousands of details that need to be worked out in this phase. For example, you stated you wanted to use ocean cooling. How do we design that system? How can we prevent marine growth? This stage requires people to have in-depth knowledge of the operations and of the technical skills. It also requires a procurement team that understands how to start purchasing long leads and equipment that will be needed soon. This is key. It is the most important phase. I will repeat this. This phase is the most important phase. And why is that? Because when they've done benchmark studies on why projects fail, especially multi-billion dollar projects, they have found that it's repeatedly because the fee phase is rushed or it's not done correctly. Now, you might have said, okay, well, the first phase is where you capture value. That's correct. But this phase is where you make sure you get the value out of the proposal about what you want to do. So let's just compare this to Tesla because I think Tesla is a great example of this. You have your visionary leader, which is Elon Musk. He goes out there and he says, I want to build a gigafactory. Okay, that's the, let's just call this through a phase. That's the identify and select. He's already identified what he needs and he's selected it. Well, that has to go to somebody who can actually figure out how to build it in the time period he wants with the type of requirements, constraints he has. That takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of technical skills to get all that stuff built out. If there are problems there, if you mess up there, that gets punted downstream. It doesn't go away. It just, you find out once it's built, which is a huge problem because it can cause extreme delays on your project. The other reason why this is the most important phase to get right is it's not that expensive relative to the entire project. Now, the engineering phase is usually around one-fifth or less of the overall project. So you have a billion-dollar project, then you're going to have $200 million type-ish feed phase. Now, the problem is there's a multiplier effect on that spend. So what do I mean by that? So let's just say you had somebody rushing you and they really want to get the engineering done because they're like, oh, the engineering is critical path. It is, it will be because you have to design everything and they want you to go faster, right? Well, your scope, let's say is $200 million to do engineering. This is totally real examples, not real, but these are very realistic examples of what could happen and then does happen. You have a $200 million scope for engineering for a billion dollar project or a little bit over a billion dollar project. And they want to try and push the schedule. And it's coming to engineering because you're just starting off the phase. And you're like, hey, can you go faster? Can you start pushing some of this stuff in? And you know, you look at it and you're like, well, probably could maybe shave off a little bit. Here's why I think this answer should always be no. Because the cost of delaying engineering, although there is an NPV that gets into this where it's basically you're, if you delay engineering, it's critical path. So it delays the whole project. So you, you don't get the returns until a little bit later. But the cost to delay the engineering portion, which is the portion that would be slipping, is small relative to what it is during construction. We're going to get into that in a little bit. So it's one-fifth of the overall cost of the project. The majority of the project cost is coming in 
on the construction side. That's where it gets very expensive. So if you don't do a good job on the engineering, if you half-ass it, if you make mistakes in it, then you end up building this giant, enormous factory or whatever you're building, and it doesn't work. And then what? It becomes extremely expensive to fix that. So expensive. Imagine building a house and then realizing that the entire plumbing is incorrect, or you did something wrong with the flooring. And you have to take everything down and redo it. I mean, think about how much time that would add to you being able to live in your house. Same thing with these huge mega projects. It can happen. Do not rush this phase. This is one of the most, and I will say the most important phase to making sure you have a successful project. And it's not just me saying that. It's studied through benchmarks, through many types of analysis on why projects fail. Third point, there comes a point where you finish your detailed engineering And the final stages come into play. So first feed, which is the early stages of engineering, which you get a really good map of what you want to do. Then you go into detailed engineering. Then you execute, which means you start ordering long leads. You start building up your construction team. You actually start constructing on the things that you can construct on. And this is when you mobilize your site and everything. This will always be your most expensive phase. Material, labor, equipment, that stuff's expensive. Y'all know that. I mean... Look at how much it costs to, to house a house with the refrigerators, washers, dryers, rugs, blah, blah, blah. It's expensive to house a house. But when you're looking at it, not even talking about the framing of the house itself and all the equipments and components, that's what actually makes up most of the cost. Same in construction, same in these industries. The cost is coming from all these different components, all these different parts that you need to build. Plus, this is where you have a lot of technical and hands-on expertise. You have the welders, you have the technicians, you have a lot of people that have operational experience. This area, this phase requires support from your engineering team, but it really needs people that are really hands-on, good with knowledge of technician-type roles, and understand the engineering from a practical side. I've done it before. I get it. And I, I can fix the problems before it starts operating and you find out that you have it later. Eventually, you're handing it to the group that will eventually own and run the equipment. And the other portion, which is the next phase coming, which we're going to talk about, is the operations phase or the operate phase, where you actually want to get some of those folks in this phase so they can start seeing the project and kind of playing with it and testing it because they're going to be the ones that are most familiar with how they want to operate it. So this phase, it's extremely critical to have appropriate oversight. That means you need to have excellent quality group established in this phase because right now, the construction phase, you're basically monitoring a contractor that's building it for you. And their burn rate is so high. It's the highest spend phase. So they're spending hundreds of millions and millions of dollars a day, if it's a billion dollar project, to build this thing. So if they come to you and they don't tell you there's an issue or they don't find out there's an issue until two months down the road and you missed it, well, guess what? You just burned 60 days worth of a million dollar spend. So you've burned $60 million and you're like, oh, that's a huge hit. And on top of that, not just the fact that you burn that, you then have the recoup cost of actually fixing it, which may be another 60 million. So you just went 120 million down the hole and a schedule slip of 60 days. So this is extremely critical phase to have the right people that are quality experts that are monitoring this stuff on a daily basis, sitting with these guys, understanding what's going on. Because the faster you can flag problems in this phase, the more money you're going to save overall on the project because you know one day at a million dollars, I'll take that versus a month of 30 million. The last phase is operate. Now, this phase 
is once you've completed your project and it's been built, you give it to the people to run the show. This phase in a project can last a couple of months to get up that unit or get it started and operational. So there's always a little bit of hiccups in the startup phase. And then there's normally a warranty period. So after you built it, maybe there's a warranty for six months afterwards where the project team might take care of it or any issues that arise. Now, operate phase rolls into essentially normal operations. After the unit's up and rolled over and it's been checked out, the operation phase can last decades. I mean, some of these plants are designed to last 30, 40, 50 years. So you can have things last very long times. And there's one more phase that we don't often talk about. I think we should, and it should be added into more of these project processes, but it's really the last phase, which is what do you do with the stuff after it's been built? So if you add this factory, how easy is it to recycle? What's the cost of actually removing it? There's certain assumptions that are made. I'll say this, in oil and gas, some of these old platforms are turned into all the equipment's taken off. Anything that could be environmentally hazardous is taken off. And they're basically the structural components, the frames are sunk into the ocean and they become habitats for marine life. But there's a project there to actually take that all that stuff off. This sometimes isn't emphasized enough because you have such long time frame. So a lot of things can happen in 30, 40 years because you're building something to last 40 years. But as we're getting into the circular economy, it's important to think about, okay, what do we do at the end of this? How do we recycle this? How can we repurpose this and turn it into something new? You think you have 30, 40 years to think about it, but if you don't design some of that into it, it becomes very challenging or, or could be very expensive. That's it for today for the Omar Project. I hope you enjoyed listening to all these different phases. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out at omar at the omarproject.com. Thank you. If you enjoy this week's episode, definitely check out next week's episode. I have a recording with Jens Grabgard. He's a director of project management and director at Worsted, which is one of the leading, if not the leading renewable firms in the world, especially around offshore wind. It's an exciting conversation. We get into the details of where it's going in the future. And if you're on the East Coast or if you're just in the United States, I think it's something to turn into because this industry will be hot and it's coming quick. Tune into that next week. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to hear more, you can join us at theomarproject.com. That's O-M-A-R. We have a lot more information on project management, technical skills, on the leadership, and also you can hear from more of the top experts in the field.